hello, friends. I'm sorry that I am a week behind in my podcasting, and I gotta say, I've really missed it because, my goodness, there's been quite the shenanigans with coconut oil in the media today, or I mean lately. Um, It's really interesting to see all of the articles and blogs and Instagram posts even Instagram pages dedicated to coconut oil started following me. Um, and I just wonder, like, good or bad, coconut is getting some serious exposure. So the coconut people must be feeling pretty swell right now. Um, so, yes, this topic, this podcast is going to be about coconut oil. And I'm just going to set the record straight. We have to put this into context. Coconut oil is just another plant oil. It's not a magical food, and it's not going to kill you, unlike some articles might be portraying it as. Um, So just a little background on my experience with coconut oil is that once I, um, I definitely, like I would say four or five years ago, I used to think that coconut oil was like something that we should definitely be eating more of and I would blend it in protein shakes and things like that. Um, And then I went to Russell Sage College, took some courses in nutrition and kind of it, you know, really reset my, uh, my thoughts around not just coconut oil, but like viewing all foods as part of a healthy diet because really there's no magical food out there. There's no superfood out there. Um, those terms don't really have, they're more for marketing, not so much the scientific value, but that's not to say that you shouldn't be eating quote unquote superfoods, you know, things like kale and acai, those foods are healthy, um, and they can fit into a a healthy diet. Um, it's just more so that like, you're not going to get any magical properties from them. However, um, I think it's interesting to see the narrative develop with coconut oil because I, th- I feel like it was almost non-existent, right? And then boom, suddenly it just became like this huge, like popular um, supplement. You started seeing it everywhere. People can now buy huge tubs of coconut oil. You can put it on your hair. You can put it on your skin. You can put it on your food. Endless possibilities. People love coconut oil. But then we also had to think about the, you know, the health side of things, right? Because when we talk about nutrition, what is the, why are we, why do we even care about eating a healthy diet? It's because we all want to live healthy lives. We don't want to, um, you know, shorten this really awesome journey that we get to experience. And um, yeah, so that's kind of why we try and investigate what keeps people healthy, what keeps people living longer, And so that's why we have the scientific method, which a lot of people, um, you know, it's kind of, it's not like it's a 100% bulletproof mechanism to find answers, but it's the best we got, guys. Like, I I cannot stress it enough. Um, When we talk about research, there's so many different levels of um, quality research, and I just... Oh, man, when I see all these articles come out about coconut oil and they're like, studies say this and studies say that, I'm like, mama mia, here we go again. There's so much more to the story than just what one researcher said, what one documentary said, what one food blogger said. And 
I just always like to kind of keep that in mind whenever I read an article. So, um, okay. Also, why I really wanted to start this new series, um, because I, I had been talking about collagen for a little bit in the past episodes, which, by the way, um, I haven't seen any negative side effects, but I have heard of some anecdotal experiences where people are having um, GI issues with collagen supplements. So, you know, it's just one of those things you really have to take care of your individual self. And despite the marketing claims that are out there, um, you know, you know your body best. And if you want to seek expert help, like go see somebody, uh, your physician or dietitian, whatever, um, just to figure out what's truly going on or even an allergist for that matter. Um, But um, yeah, so just kind of wrapping up the collagen topic, the collagen craze. Yeah, I'm just, um, none of the evidence I was seeing pointed to any real concrete yes or no answer, but that's typical in research. Um, And also another thing I noticed in the collagen studies is that a lot of the reports were done on a very specific like brand or formula of collagen peptides. So it's really hard to say that the very specific um, like supplement you might be taking or looking at taking um, like might not be relayed in the articles. I also did email Vital Proteins to see if they would like send me some research on their specific formula, um, and I haven't heard back from them. Not sure I ever will. If I do, that's going to be super cool, and I can't wait to share that with you guys. But until then, I'm just going to kind of put the collagen thing to rest and say my opinion on them is it's just another supplement. You want to be careful of what you're actually getting because you might not be truly getting the collagen supplement because it's just not regulated, and that's just the sad reality we have to accept. Um, I didn't see any alarming side effects in the research. So if somebody does want to take it upon themselves to add it to their coffee or their smoothie or whatever, and you're not noticing any negative effects, then that's great. I'm glad you're not experiencing any um, bad side effects. But if you do start to notice something's going on, then you should definitely stop it and not worry about you know, missing out on these anti-aging properties because at the end of the day, collagen is protein. Um, If you're getting enough protein in your diet and enough other um, healthy skin-promoting nutrients like vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin C, selenium, um, again, you'll be fine. Um, And above all, preventive measures are key in healthy skin. So it's summertime. If you want that nice, healthy glow, I get it. I am Italian, so I'm either um, green in the winter, like I have like olive colored skin, um, or I have a nice tan. And um, But yeah, it's super important to protect your skin, and preventive measures are really key for that, that young look um, that collagen is promoting. Um, I've also heard that collagen can do things like support joint health and things like that, but again... Um, you know, an overall healthy diet will do the same thing. Um, not sure how much extra advantage you get by taking a collagen supplement because that's just not something that I saw much in the research. But um, that's kind of just my wrap up. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention, wear a big hat in the sun and use a sunscreen that is um, preferable to your your spending habits. Um, there's a lot of great natural products that are coming out to the market. Um, 
and so people can definitely find a way to protect their skin and keep it from having that aged look without having to take a supplement if it's taking if it's um having a negative effect so that's it that's all i got on collagen um and now i just want to move on to coconut oil because Again, that's just been like crazy popular in the media lately. Um, And just this morning, so I got this like goofy Instagram page following me. And in the headline, it's like lose 16 pounds in two weeks, Um, which that's eight pounds a week, which is pretty, that's a lot of weight to lose, guys. Um, But yeah, my point is, is that it's just very um, popular in the mainstream media right now. And I read a USA Today article, which I just have to say right off the bat, USA um, is not my favorite publication by any means. I feel like they are just very clickbaity and don't do a really good job at portraying like the complexities of the issue that they're presenting. So when I, of course, when I read the article, I was just like, I mean, even the title, um, shoot, I wish I had the article right in front of me, but um, it basically was saying coconut oil is bad for you. It was never good for you. And I think above all, guys, the issue isn't is coconut oil good for us? Is it bad for us? The issue is really categorizing any food or nutrient into good or bad. And I know it's really common for us as human beings to compartmentalize. It makes life way easier. Um, you know, and we're pretty much ingrained like when we're growing up like to be on a team, right? Um, many of you guys probably grew up in a sports family and you guys are like diehard Red Sox fans or Yankee fans or Dolphins fans or whatever so it's like a sports team like you're either you know we always got to be on a team um even animals like I can't tell you how many people don't like cats and I'm like why what like I mean I love all animals and except for alligators I do not like alligators or crocodiles those assholes are just mean um and they eat things but I don't know, it just seems like people got to be on a team with cats or dogs, and I'm just like, why? Uh, I'm, I'm pro both. I love, I love them all. Um, and I think that the same thing happens with food and dieting. It's kind of like, oh, are you team vegan or are you team paleo? Like, I'm pretty sure both the vegan follower and the paleo follower can give you some pretty concrete reasons why their diet is the best. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of overlapping benefits to both I think the vegan lifestyle is really great because it's plant-based um low carbon footprint um and there are a little there's a ton of great studies um worldwide not just like in specific populations that show that um people who have a lot more plants in their diet pretty much do they do very well in this little journey called life um but that's not to say that um somebody who follows a paleo diet is you know going to suffer this like monstrous like uh, life it's just um you know because they're going to also show you well look at this evidence um and then there's also very specific nuances about the paleo diet that like some people don't always think about immediately but I know a lot of people who follow the paleo diet that follow it because you know they do value having really authentically ethically sustainably raised meat and they make sure that that's part of their um diet so like they'll buy a whole cow from a farmer um instead of you know just always buying like conventionally grown meat or whatever 
so all this to say people are just always going to have this immediate temptation to be on a team and it's kind of the same thing with coconut oil. I feel like right now we're it, it's just so polarizing and I'm just sitting here like, what the heck, it's just an oil. Like it's literally just a tub of fat. Like why are we dividing ourselves on this little small nutrient? So okay, anyways, I digress. Um, my uh, So that's kind of what kickstarted this, that USA Today article and me thinking about how we're always on teams and really nutrition is so much more than just good or bad vegan, paleo, keto, not keto, high carb, low carb. Um, It's so much more than that, guys. And everyone has their own personal preference and things that they value. Um, So when it comes to coconut oil, you might have questions like, should I eat it or should I not? As a result of all of these, you know, articles. Um, Here's my expert advice. Coconut oil is just another dietary fat that you may or may not want to include in your diet based on different reasons. And here's a reason for cooking. Um, Coconut oil uh, has a really high smoke point, which means it's not going to burn very quickly. And that is better when you're cooking things that like if you're stir frying or if you're deep frying, it's good to have a high smoke point. Not that I would necessarily recommend you deep fry all your foods, um, but it's just one of those, you know, food science properties about coconut oil that can make it preferable to something like olive oil. Which brings me to my next point. There are also health benefits to certain dietary fats in our diet. And yes, it is a very controversial topic right now to discuss saturated fats. And... Right now, we are, I guess as a society, saying that saturated fat was said, you know, we were told it was bad for us, but now they're saying it's good for us. Well, I just, I want to caution that because science is always evolving and that's a good thing, right? What's a bad thing is is when you come to a conclusion right away. That's the part where it's like, hold on, slow your roll. So we're finding more interesting discoveries on certain topics, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're done. We're always going to keep looking. Um, So when it comes to heart-healthy fats and oils, we still strongly recommend that you guys get, um, you know, a good amount of um, monounsaturated fatty acids, which are actually neutral in the body, um, and then some polyunsaturated fatty acids, I also want to mention that polyunsaturated fatty acids, um, you know, like, for example, omega-3 is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. Um, they they can um, oxidize quickly. Like, they can go rancid quickly. And those um, results of them going rancid is something of concern, but that's just, you don't have to worry so much about that as long as you're getting a good variety. Um Another really interesting thing about fatty acids in our diet is um, right now, as as we collect a bunch of data from what people in the United States are eating, we see certain trends. And we see that in the standard American diet, which is, you know, think about the standard American diet. There's a lot of convenience foods. There's a lot of um, processed foods like um, snack foods because in America we're all about the snacks. Um, We don't really see that in very many other countries. Um, 
but yeah, so like a bunch of snack foods, a lot of sugar sweetened beverages, which is a whole nother topic. Um, it's really high in omega-6 fatty acids. Um, and the interesting thing with omega-6 fatty acids is that they share, in our bodies, they share um, an enzyme with omega-3 fatty acids. And I'm sorry to get really chemically with you guys, but this is nutrition. I, it like, there's, nutrition is chemistry. Um, it's like the least favorited topic when we're studying nutrition. Um, but it's almost like it's the most important one because it really gives you a better understanding of like what the actual F is going on. Um, so omega-6 and omega-3, like I said, um, they share an enzyme. And omega-6 is pro-inflammatory and omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. We do want both. And there are reasons why we do want inflammation to occur in our bodies. We just don't want a lot of it. And I hope nobody does anything weird with what I just said and cuts it out and says, this dietitian says we should be inflamed. Nope, not what I'm saying. I'm just um, talking about how inflammation is a bodily process that happens when we're exposed to certain injury and it's meant to like facilitate healing, um, things like that. So that's going to, that is why I guess um, there is a big push for more anti-inflammatory foods because in the standard American diet, we get way too many um, omega-6 fatty acids and not enough omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and so we have like this uneven balance. And what we're trying to do with, you know, eating a primarily plant-based diet, getting um, omega-3 rich um, foods in our diet like salmon or steelhead trout, um, that's to get more omega-3 and so that we're in, you know, a better balance with the omega-6, omega-3 ratio. And that's going to lead me to the topic of atherogenesis because when we talk about fats, usually it's in context of heart disease um, because, you know, uh, decades ago when we were learning about like the, you know, common diseases that people get and why they're, you know, why people die. Um, heart disease is like the number one. And again, studying large trends, we found that like people um, with like a high saturated fat intake, um, you know, were more likely to get heart disease. Um, but we're understanding more. And that's a good thing. And I want people to like embrace that like evolution, not like hate on it because oh you were wrong and now you're saying this like no 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 maybe certain people jump to conclusions too quickly um but that doesn't mean like science is bad it just means stop jumping to conclusions um that's all and like what the usa article did was jump to really extreme conclusions which is not going to be conducive to a healthy population um so I'm just, man, that article really failed. It failed me. I don't know if it failed anybody else, but I was just like, goodness gracious, this is not what I wish the media did. But it does sometimes. So anyways, um, atherogenesis, um, plaque buildup, right? So think about our veins and our arteries. And, you know, when we eat in certain ways, um, we get these plaque buildup. Plaque can build up and those plaques can break off and they can cause a clot and you know, that makes blood stop going to tissues. If that happens in our brain, it's a stroke. Um, if it happens in our heart, we can get a heart attack. So 
it's a pretty important topic for us to explore. Um, but what we're finding too is that this whole now that we know that you know more about the human genome, we're allowed to look into the individual genetic differences and how different people react to certain diets and other environmental exposures. Because guys, we're not just getting exposed to food; we're getting exposed to environmental stuff all the time. Like, you know, what's in the air, what's in the water, what's in um, like topical products, um, and how do our individual bodies respond? Um, it varies at a genetic level. That's why some people have like um, higher cholesterol levels and some people have really low cholesterol levels. And a lot of it has to do with family genetics. So some people have to go on like a statin drug, um, you know, for certain uh, lipid parameters because genetically, even if they follow like a really healthy diet, really healthy lifestyle, they're just susceptible to um a higher um like a higher cholesterol level or something like that so just all this to say like genetics do play a role um and of course you can support um you know better heart health with a a healthy diet that does include you know omega-3 fatty acids and lots of plant-based foods um definitely soluble fiber insoluble fiber to kind of like take you know what we're eating through our digestive system so that way we can like excrete waste right anyways so the reason why um like fats and lipids um lipids is a term for fat and oil um oil is liquid at room temperature fat is solid at room temperature and they play a role in atherogenesis but we're also learning that the immune system plays a role in atherogenesis um, or plaque buildup because of the immune cells that like form when there's a plaque. And it's interesting because when we talk about plaque buildup, the problem really is because it can rupture and then form a clot, like I mentioned earlier. Um, And, you know, there are different particles in our bodies. There's HDL, cholesterol, um, which helps eliminate um, cholesterol from our body. And then there's low-density lipoproteins or LDLs that um, like are considered, quote, the bad cholesterol. But there's some studies that are coming out like about um, you know particle size and density of those LDLs makes a difference. Um, and then, you know, again, it depends on the individual. Um, So how does this relate to coconut oil? Well, coconut oil is very high in saturated fat. But I just want to emphasize this point about fats is that all fats and oils um, like vary in their composition of fatty acids. So for example, like sunflower oil is 69% polyunsaturated fat, 20% monounsaturated fat, and 11% saturated fat. And butter is 4% polyunsaturated fat, 30% monounsaturated fat, and 62% saturated fat. And then when we look at um, coconut oil, coconut oil is 86.5% saturated fat, it's 5% um, monounsaturated fat, and it's um, 1.8% uh, polyunsaturated fat. It also has no cholesterol because if it doesn't have a mama, it doesn't have cholesterol. And I will never forget when I first learned that, but that's true. If it doesn't have a mama, it doesn't have cholesterol. 
And so coconut oil, it is a plant fat, so no cholesterol. But we have changed our um, understanding of how cholesterol or how dietary cholesterol influences our body's cholesterol. Um, But I just thought that that was, you know, it's an interesting um, nutrition fact of coconut oil. I need to take a breather. Okay. So... Back to the to just a quick discussion about um, atherogenesis is that um, what we're understanding is that um, the prevention and treatment of CBD it can go way beyond just, you know, altering the certain fats we have in our bodies. Like it's, it, the conversation extends well beyond like, you know, what's the fat intake of your diet or what are your, what we would call it dyslipidemia is when, um, you know, our blood profile doesn't look like, you know, what the standard is, the ideal standard is, because now we can focus on reducing inflammation as well um, and try and, um, like, mitigate the, uh, what am I trying to say? Mitigate the inflammation process. Um, So that way our immune system doesn't go, um, like, berserk when this sort of thing happens. And... So that is kind of like really why we care so much about understanding our, you know, dietary fat intake is because we, you know, for a very long time have seen trends that like a really high fat diet isn't really conducive to heart health. Um, But then we learned that, oh, well, there's different types of fats. And then we learned even more like, oh, different people react to different types of fats in their diets. So I feel like... All of this is not really absorbable by the general population because there's just so much different, like, variables that go into play here. Like, it's a very complex topic um, that we're always trying to learn more about, and that's, again, that's a good thing. Um, So all of these media articles that are asking, like, is coconut oil healthy, is it not? Well, stop trying to compartmentalize it. Stop trying to categorize it because it shouldn't be making up that much of your diet where it makes that big of a difference. Um, So, you know, and somebody asked me, um, so should we not put it in our coffee uh, every day? And I said, well, that, I mean, asking me if you should not put coconut oil in your coffee every day is the same thing as asking me, should I not put um, creamer in my coffee every day? And if I was to give a hard answer, like, no, you should not put it in your coffee every day, I would have to say that for every other food that or drink that you could possibly put in your coffee. Um, and that, to me, just doesn't drive the point home that it's not just about specific foods and nutrients. It's about your overall eating pattern. Honestly, if you... Put coconut oil in your coffee. I mean, you do you. Um, We're going to not say that to every single person that um, walks through the door of a doctor's office if they have to, like, maybe alter some things in their diet because, you know, some people maybe on a weight loss journey don't want to get that many calories in their coffee in the morning. Um, 
or maybe somebody with a family history of heart problems probably doesn't want to get um, start their day off with that amount of saturated fat because we don't have clear answers yet. Um, but like if that's the only time coconut oil is making an appearance in your diet and you're eating a lot of plant-based foods um, and you're active and you're getting regular checkups from your doctor to make sure everything's okay, then fine. Um, I would work with somebody who wants to do that and I would just, you know, make sure that everything else is looking good. Um, you know, I use coconut oil when I'm uh, roasting sometimes because I notice that there's a difference between the outcome of like roasted sweet potatoes when I use coconut oil than olive oil. Um, I notice it a lot with carrots too. Um, and so what I do is I just, I just alternate. I use both. Um, and I also know that coconut oil sometimes isn't deodorized, so it still tastes really coconutty, um, which some people like, some people really don't like. I wouldn't mind it if I was making like a granola or something, but if I was trying to make like um, something where I did not want coconut to be a flavor, um, then I would want to use a deodorized coconut oil or I would use a different oil. Um, like, you know, I do use a lot of olive oil because I grew up with olive oil. It is still heart healthy. Um, cultures that have a good amount of olive oil in their diet are relatively healthy. So, and again, that's high monounsaturated fat, so which is seen to be pretty neutral in the body. Um, and that is kind of just my overall perception of coconut oil. I don't have a clear-cut answer. And even I went to the literature, right? Because that's where I always like to go when I have a question about nutrition. Um, and I thought I stumbled upon some really great articles because... I immediately started with a review, um, and there is a website on the internet, it's like coconutoil.com, and it's like all the evidence about coconut oil. I would just caution that just because I haven't gone through it myself and cherry, like, and sorted through every single article to see if it's like a quality study. Um, I also know that .com, you know, is typically like not the most reputable way to get your information um, because it could be biased. So, you know, just if you do come across an article and you're curious about it, let me know. Um, I, I would love to read it. I love reading articles. I wish I could spend my time reading articles and then writing about them. Um, but anyways, I found this one article and it was, I, I thought this was going to be really good, right? It's called Dietary Fats and Health, Dietary Recommendations in the Context of the Scientific Evidence, which... Okay, that's actually a really vague title. Um, it's not really telling me anything. The only reason why I know it related to um, coconut oil is because I legit like did a search in PubMed and this was one of the articles that came up. So I spent a good amount of time reading this article um, and I guess I, I thought it was really good and it definitely provided like a really good overview of, um, you know, how... Um, atherogenesis develops in our bodies and like different phenotypes um, would you know in dictate like how much somebody might produce cholesterol in their body and whatnot um, but it wasn't really the information I was looking for as far as um, like what are the outcomes of having a lot of coconut oil in your diet and what are the outcomes of not having a lot of coconut oil in your diet but it did um, 
like in with this article, I printed out another one, which was about um, palm oil, which is another plant oil. It's a tropical oil, just like coconut oil. That's really high in saturated fat. And this article is called Coconut Oil and Palm Oil's Role in Nutrition, Health, and National Development, a review. And again, I like to start off with review articles because then I can look at the reference list and see um, if any of those articles pertain to my, my research question. Um, and this had um, a lot of, I lost a page, but it had a lot of good, um, or I'm not going to say good, it had a lot of references for me to look through. So I was reading. And, you know, there were some really interesting um, claims in this article that I was like, ooh, tell me more. And I'll just give you an example of one. It says, as indicated earlier in this review, in the past four decades, misinformation and disinformation provided by certain politically biased agriculture groups and and repeated in both the professional and lay press have led people to believe that all saturated fats are bad and unhealthy. I was like, oh, all right. That's a pretty strong claim. I'm definitely going to circle this um, reference and look it up. So that's what I did. And once I went to um, like the reference list, I saw <laughs> the article um, and I printed that one out too. And I can't make this up. The article that was cited from that sentence is called Health Oils from the Tree of Life, Nutritional and Health Aspects of Coconut Oil. So I got to say, I, I hesitated to read this article when I saw that it said the tree of life because that to me screams bias. Um, if you're calling a plant a tree of life, you you automatically think got to think like, okay, red flag. This person clearly, um, you know, this author clearly values coconut oil and sees it as a tree of life. <laughs> so um, immediately, I have my skeptical skeptical um, glasses on, so to speak, and then I'm reading. This is so funny. This is the abstract. I'm not kidding. It says. Um, coconut and palm kernel oils were recognized as health oils in Ayurvedic medicine almost 4,000 years ago. The same health effects were also found in Sanskrit medicine for mother's milk. Where is this going? Um, mention was made that freshly expressed human milk was adopted as an antibiotic after eye surgery. Hmm. Well, we're not putting breast milk in people's eyes anymore after eye surgery so I'm not really sure how this article is going to um, you know teach me the current benefits of current medical practices if it's talking about using breast milk as an antibiotic um, and by the way breast milk is really um, you know there's a lot of benefits for breastfeeding and breast milk um, but you know post-surgery is not really where we're using breast milk. Um, anyways, so it's just really interesting because I'm reading, reading, reading this um, abstract, and it says, over a period of 30 years, my colleagues and I screened other lipids hoping to, T-O-O, improve on nature. During this period, we screened some 300 lipids and other structures for medium-chain fatty acids, and monoglycerides found primarily in these two tropical oils and mother's milk have miraculous healing power. Um, this is where I start to go, 
is I, I need to stop reading this article because it's just not going to be a very high quality article um, if it's framing the like use of certain foods as like having healing powers. Um, and I definitely like there are health promoting benefits of foods. Don't get me wrong. But it's just the the type of verbiage is like I think it's giving the food way more um, credit than it deserves. Um, but hey, you might have a different interpretation of that than I. So um, I I kind of had to stop reading this article. But when I searched through it, it doesn't really um, have any great like um, like there's no controlled trial involved in this study. And now circling back, I read I printed out that article because the sentence in the original review article was as indicated earlier, disinformation provided by politically biased agriculture groups um, led people to believe that all saturated fats are unhealthy. And then they cited that article I was just talking to you about. And how the heck do you derive that claim from this article? Like, I really wanted to find out what agricultural groups were, um, you know, leading people to believe that all saturated fats were unhealthy and, like, why that was, like, such a, you know, um, like, why that's inf disinformation, right? Like, so this is just a really good example of how even if a study says something, you have to go and read the study because that led me nowhere. That led me to some mm, article on how coconut oil is the tree of life, but then it doesn't really even explain any controlled clinical trial of why it might be super beneficial. So that was a dud. Um, and then I... In another part of the article, the review article, it said again, like, you know, that we were misinformed. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, tell me, where were, where were we misinformed? Um, and it led me to this article, Effects of Palm Oil on Cardiovascular Risk. Mm, where, where is that um, coming from? And also, I need to, to point out that it's from the Medical Journal of Malaysia, and there is a lot of palm and uh, grown in Malaysia, which isn't a bad thing. Um, it just is a good um, reminder that every single group has interest in promoting their product as the best. It's not just the meat and dairy industries that do it, guys. Like avocado people want you to think avocados are the best and almond people want you to think almonds are the best and that's just you know that's just the world we live in um consumerism right man oh man like there is a lot of um incentive for these companies to say all of the possible health benefits of their product because that gets you to buy their product um so you might be very confused of coconut oil being good or bad um, because of all the conflicting information but really at the end of the day you always have to consider well I'm either going to buy this or not and really the companies that are telling me that there's so many health benefits they want me to buy it and the resistance you know the, the people that are like hey it's not you know it's not healthy for you it's not all that perfect they're just looking out for more like a consumer perspective like because some people will take it to the extreme and, like, literally put coconut oil, like, they'll just eat it by the spoonful. And that is not a healthy eating habit. Um, but, uh, yeah. You always have to consider, like, the the marketing behind certain claims. Um, man. And that's why 
it, you know, that's why nutrition is such a controversial like discipline because you really can make good profit if you tell people that this is going to make you live longer or this is going to make your skin, you know, more glowing um, because people want to live long. People want glowing skin. Um, so, you know, that's a whole other direction I can go in in the topic of coconut oil. But basically, you know, this big boom of coconut oil is probably most likely happening because the industry, the coconut industry, wants a leg up. Um, so you're going to start to see more research studies being funded. Um, and then you're going to want to look at the funders. Um, and so that is what's going on with coconut oil. That's what's going on with most products that are being sold to you as goods. Um, and so this is all why it's so important to eat a variety of plant-based foods, some animal foods, if you're including them, um, because they have more bioavailable nutrients and to not overdo it in any one area. That's it. Um, I know it's so not sexy. Uh, I'm so sorry. Sex sells, but nutrition is just not sexy. Um, we can make it sexy, but it's, it's not. Um, it's usually pretty like confusing and there's a lot going on. Um, but that's why my intention is to help people um, think about their eating habits in a different way and and not apply labels like good and bad um, and really think bigger picture when it comes to certain um, eating habits or dietary behaviors. So, yeah, that's kind of my spiel on coconut oil. I feel like I kind of went a little bit all over the place. I'm sorry if I confused people. Um, and I'm sorry if I didn't, like, give you a great, solid answer. Um, I just want to reiterate that it, think bigger picture when it comes to certain foods. Um, second takeaway is if you read an article and it's telling you something that's really polarizing, like this is bad for you, or this is going to cure your ailments. Just, I don't know, just be cautious about it because there might be some incentive for them to say that. Um, I think the reason why, uh, certain entities are telling us that like, hey, coconut oil really isn't all that great for you is because we're seeing people go for coconut oil in like very extreme behaviors with like a mindset that this is going to cure everything and I need to have this in my diet and that's just not true. Um, so I don't really like that we have to go to the opposite end of the extreme to get people to not engage in those behaviors. Um, but yeah, and also... What was my third takeaway? Mm, oh, yeah, third takeaway. It's all very individual, guys. And we do have um, guidelines for the general population because we do that in a very um, like systematic way where we collect a lot of evidence from a lot of people and then we see like what are the big trends um, so that way we can provide public education um, and different materials and resources for people who might be in the community giving education. Um, but when it comes to your individual health, you want individual um, care and attention. Um, and you're not, you're not really going to find that on Instagram, guys, um, or Facebook. Um, yeah, so it comes down to the individual's preferences and their family history and their social history and their goals. So that's my third takeaway to keep in mind when it comes to 
things like coconut oil or anything else. Um, that said, I think I'm just going to wrap it up because I, I'm kind of sick of kind of sick about reading about coconut oil. Um, I'm definitely going to try and find more articles on it, um, even though I'm sick of it, just because I'm so disappointed with those articles that I printed out. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, please ask. Um, and if you're sitting here thinking like, oh, I have coconut oil in my cabinet and that's fine, then I'm glad because I don't want people to think that they have like this terrible ingredient that's going to give them such bad ailments. On the other hand, I don't want people to think that it's this magical, super healing food that they need to like just consume 24-7. It's all about balance, guys. And I that might not be the best answer, but then again, any yogis listening to this really understand that balance can be like a really empowering um, like state of being. Um, so, and the same thing happens with diet. You know, we got to get a variety we got to count colors, not calories, um, in most cases. And yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to zip it up now and wrap up my conversation about coconut oil. And I think the next topic I'm going to explore is this whole situation with Amazon buying Whole Foods. What does that mean? Like, why is that so important? And I'm wondering, is the news covering it so much so that way Whole Foods and Amazon get more exposure? Um, Like, does it really make a difference? Like, why is this so popular to know? Despite that, I need to know. I want to do, like, a pro and con list. You know, maybe, like, what are the pros of this? What are the cons of this? Where, Where is the future of grocery shopping going? I mean, we've come up with so many different cool ways to get food in your house. We have Instacart. Um... I used to grocery shop at Hannaford and they had Hannaford to go, um, you know, and then there's the Amazon pantry. And so, yeah, there's just incredible things happening. Um, one thing I hope that does happen is that this new change with Amazon buying Whole Foods is I hope that um, it makes Whole Foods less expensive because honestly, um, a red bell pepper is a red bell pepper no matter where you buy it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be as expensive as it is at Whole Foods. And a whole other reason I'm interested in seeing where this goes is um, because there's there's a lot of people who are food insecure in our country and in the entire world. Um, so if we could alleviate that, then that would be really good news. Um, so maybe because Amazon is such a lucrative company, maybe part of their strategy in buying um, Whole Foods is going to somehow help people who um, don't really have access to fresh fruits and vegetables because maybe Amazon will take their delivery services and give it to like really underserved populations. So like food deserts, um, maybe we'll have access to this Amazon delivery service so they can get fresh food. So those are my thoughts. And we're about 50 minutes in, so I'm definitely going to wrap up shop and thank you again for listening i'm going to ask that you subscribe rate and review to my mind on nutrition podcast and also feel free to subscribe to my blog which is all www.mindonnutrition.com i'm pretty fairly fail i am pretty regular 
when it comes to blogging. I'm always trying to come out with new and exciting content, um, always about nutrition or food. Um, sometimes I do throw in a little different things like fashion, um, travel, but I usually always connect it to food somehow. So um, if you want more content like that, um, go to the blog um, or you can hang out with me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Monica Salafia dot rdn and i hope to chat with you soon thanks for listening guys and have a fantastic freaking weekend